Welcome to the documentary from the BBC World Service, where we report the world, however difficult the issue, however hard to reach. Podcasts from the BBC World Service are supported by advertising. The past is shrouded in mystery. To understand it, you have to get up close. Something happened to our collective psyche after the atom bomb. On NPR's Throughline, we reopen stories from the past to find clues to the present. Find Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. The Global Story, with smart takes and fresh perspectives on one big news story. Every Monday to Friday from the BBC World Service. Search for The Global Story wherever you get your BBC podcasts. To find out more. Hello, I'm James Reynolds. Welcome to the documentary from the BBC World Service. In BBC OS Conversations, we bring people together to share experiences from around the world. This time, conversations on Beyonce and the changing face of country music. For rights reasons, we can't include her song or any commercial music on this podcast. But to get you in the mood, for the first time in four years of this programme, We've changed our theme music. At what a moment it was, both musically and culturally. Beyonce's hit, Texas Hold'em, becoming the first number one for a black woman in the US Billboard Hot Country Songs chart. Three African-American women, including a singer who's had her own country chart hits, discuss what that means. And to highlight country music's global appeal, we bring together country musicians in Nigeria, Argentina... And Sweden. Oh, it's just exciting to hear different voices about country music in different parts of the world because usually you think about only America mm. <laughs> when you when you think about country music. So it's really exciting. It's not entirely unusual for a country song sung by a woman to top the charts around the world. Think back to the 70s and 80s and the imperial peak of Dolly Parton. And then Shania Twain has sold over 100 million albums. Taylor Swift, of course, began her career as a country singer, something we discussed on this show a few weeks ago. Uh, and watch out as well for Lainey Wilson, who's been getting accolades and awards of late. But for a black woman to have a global hit with a country record and to come in at number one on the US country charts, well, that is a first. Country music is most associated with the southern US states, including Texas, where Beyonce herself grew up. But this is a departure for the artist. It's prompted debate about diversity within the genre. So for our first conversation, we brought together three black women involved in the country music industry. Taylor Crumpton is a country music fan and writer. Music manager Holly G is the founder of the Black Opry, a collective organization of black country musicians. She joined us from Nashville, Tennessee, the heartland of country music. And musician Rissy Palmer first hit the country music charts in 2007 and has had several hits since. So, first question to them all. What do they make of Beyonce's achievement? Get it, girl. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm really happy for her. I'm glad that that happened. I'm glad that a black woman has finally had a number one. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that in so many years of having this chart, there's only been eight of us. That's not a good thing. She's a Houston girl. She's as Southern as anybody else that may, tries to make country music. So, I, you know, 
gone, girl. It's a little bit bittersweet because Beyonce is kind of visiting. So I don't know that she's like continuing the work that the women that I've been following in country music are doing. And that's not to Beyonce. It's not really her job to do. Right. But the community building and the fighting for things that I see from these women still has not been reckoned with by the industry. And I think the way that she is being celebrated should be the rule for all of the Black women that are trying to work in this space. They've been more tolerated recently than they have been in the past, but they're still not being celebrated. They're still not being included in meaningful ways. And Beyonce topping the chart changes nothing structurally. And so unless the people that gave her the opportunity to get to the top of that chart are extending those opportunities to other women in the space, it doesn't actually change anything. You know, it is a moment where, yes, there is celebration and that is occurring. However, the celebration is still situated in a context of a lot of historical mistreatment and erasure of people who have been doing the work, you know, as what has been said in previous segment, she is the exception because she is a star. She is her own institution. She is one of the most powerful women in the world. So yes, there are ways in which the institution of country music is molding and shaping and allowing things to happen for Beyonce that wouldn't happen for Black artists before her. But there is in this moment, I think a significant amount of national and international attention on Nashville to see whether this is going to be an exception or whether this is going to lead to monumental change. And I think that is the thought on everyone's mind is, yes, you know, there are so many people, Black people, Latinx people, Indigenous people, women, queer and trans folks who are in country music, who have always been in country music, is this going to be a one-time moment or is this actually going to be something that works on the structural changes that prevents them from charting like Beyonce? Rissy, as we all began to think about this subject, there were a lot of debate about what constitutes a country music song. Country music. Given Mm -hmm. that you are a country music singer and a very successful one, can you take us through the ingredients for a country song? Well, my uh, musical fairy godmother, Alice Randall, who is the first black woman to ever write a number one country song with X's and O's for Trisha Yearwood, um, has a book that's about to come out. And she has a whole chapter on what constitutes a country song. And so I'm going to use Alice's rubric because I think it's pretty... Right on. She says that country songs have like three things. Either all three are in the song or at least one is in the song. But one is about God thinking about another life outside of this one. There's something about family um, in every song, whether that's good or bad, toxic or positive. The third thing is a connection to nature. Texas Hold'em has it and 16 Carriages has it. I think they are country songs. And look, if you can have people rapping about Applebee's and you can have artists using trap beats in their songs, then what is, I don't understand what the problem is. And Rissy, is black country music different from white country music? There's a Venn diagram where everybody meets in the middle, but there are some differences. And I think a whole lot of it is the way that we see the world. One of the best examples, I think, of black country music recently is a song that an artist by the name of Willie Jones put out in 2020 called American Dreams. It's one of my favorite songs. It is definitely a country song. He sings 
and he does like a little bit of rapping, like a little bit. It's like more like spoken word. But the song is about being a black man in America. And it's brilliant. I think country means something similar and something different to white and black people in America. We don't necessarily long for the good old days because what were the good old days for us? You know, it was Jim Crow, it was slavery, it was, you know, redlining and all that sort of thing. So like we tend to look toward family. We tend to look toward God. We look tend to look toward the future and toward good times and laughing and like black joy. It's ancestral. Both of my paternal and maternal lineages come from the South and they come from Texas and Mississippi and Alabama and Louisiana. I come from a proud line of sharecroppers and cowhands and cowboys. My grandfather was buried in his cowboy boots. So it is something that is a culture that is intrinsic to my identity and how I perceive the world as a Black woman from the South, as a Black woman from Texas. So when I listen to country music, Yes, there's a part of me as a music critic and scholar that's paying attention to the beats and the lyricism, but I think it feels more like a warm embrace and a hug from an elder who has passed or maybe when I spent summers at my grandmother's farm and we have our German Shepherd big text and I'm running from chickens and there's hogs. I, it feels now <laughs> as I get older that there are things of nostalgia and I've lived in places outside of the southern United States and I've encountered anti-southern bias and I've grown up hearing stories from my family members about how they were made fun of their accent. I think people forget that when Beyonce first debuted, she was made fun of her accent in the press and she was taught to be less southern. She was taught to be less country. So in this moment, I too have been receiving messages from you know, Black women, a lot of Mexican people about how they feel like they can come back into a wholeness of self, that they can reclaim those parts because we live in a nation that is anti-Black, but we also live in a nation that is anti-Southern. Like when I first got started just as an artist, I always kind of felt like I was, I was trying to make everyone feel comfortable, like everyone feel comfortable with me being me. You know, I was told don't talk about it don't make a big deal about it. Like, just keep your head down and do the work. And so I did that. And I think a lot of Black artists feel like they have to do that, come in and conform and um, show that they're just like everybody else, right? And I didn't really have a lot of industry friends. I had songwriter friends. I had musician friends. But for the most part, all of my like good, good girlfriends at that time were people that were outside of the business. And so part of the reason why I started Color Me Country was for that reason, so that you wouldn't have to apologize for your experience and you wouldn't have to code switch and you wouldn't have to fear retaliation or people feeling some kind of way because you said something that was your experience. Like you weren't lying. You weren't making it up. I wanted to create a sort of a safe space. And that's what, you know, Black Opry does and 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 that's what I think is important, what was missing and what was needed. That's what I needed and didn't have. So I think now the artists that are in, in the business, they don't necessarily have to be friends with these, with everybody else if they don't want to be, because there is a built-in community now. Rissi, what is the longest time you can go without listening to a country song or singing a country song? <laughs> So I'm in the middle of working on a record. So when I'm working on music, I have to surround myself with music in order to stay in a creative 
state yeah. of mind because of my children. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, right now, all I'm doing is listening to music. So not long. I even like I even play albums when I'm asleep. So, what? Yeah, not long. when you're asleep. Yeah. How do you do I that? I do. Like I have to. Well, I just put my phone on and just play albums, and then I have them on repeat. Because I'm one of those people. Like my life is an extremely over articulated life because I have the radio show and I'm a special <laughs> correspondent and I'm a mom. So I'm always talking or yelling at someone. And so I have, to, I have to, in order to stay in a creative state of mind, I have to surround myself with music. So I just listen to music all the time. What about you, Holly? I don't know. I'm in this weird space where I think because uh, Reese has to do this as well, but like we have to go through like submissions where people send us their music. Oh, Lord, um, yes. <laughs> and so kind of, now I'm kind of at a point where I need like palate cleansers every now and then. Um, so <laughs> sometimes I can go, like I went to a juvenile concert, a rap concert on Friday, and it just felt like a vacation. It was amazing. So I don't know. It used to be I couldn't go very long at all, but now I think because I'm so immersed in it, I need breaks every now and then. And what about you, Taylor? It's my solace. It's my comfort zone. I primarily write about race and gender and regionality and hip hop. So country music is the one space where I can just kind of tap back into my inner childhood self, even though on occasion, if I'm outside and I meet somebody from Texas and we've maybe had a couple of drinks, we're known to two-step at a dive bar in Brooklyn. <laughs> so there's moments when I'm listening to it by myself in the house or maybe with my father. And then there's moments where my friends are like, Taylor just reminded us that she's from Texas and we're in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, New York, New York. So it really <laughs> depends on the time or the hour of the day. <laughs> Writer Taylor Crumpton, music manager Holly G, and musician Rissy Palmer. I'm James Reynolds. You're listening to BBC OS Conversations on Beyonce and the changing face of country music. The global story helps make sense of the headlines with expert analysis from BBC journalists around the world. Social media has essentially siloed a lot of young men and women into different algorithmic bubbles. Men and women inhabiting the same environment in the real world, but very different ones online. One global story at a time, in detail, every Monday to Friday from the BBC World Service. For those Russians who sympathise with Alexei Navalny, it will cast a, a very dark shadow. This looks like a message. Search for The Global Story wherever you get your BBC podcasts. The past is shrouded in mystery. To understand it, you have to get up close. Something happened to our collective psyche after the atom bomb. On NPR's Throughline, we reopen stories from the past to find clues to the present. Find Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. As well as our discussions, we've also received a number of messages. Let's listen. Hi, my name is Biafra Denmark. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, but I was raised on an 80-acre farm, which is close to a little town called Grayson, which was one of the first all-black towns in the state of Oklahoma. Black cowboys were a huge thing and are still a huge thing in Oklahoma. There's a huge rodeo culture in Oklahoma as well as Texas. I have an amazing picture of my father on one of our horses at the rodeo arena. So country music has just always been a part of our lives. 
I love it. It means as much to me as rock, pop, R&B, soul music. It's what's made us who we are as Black people. And it's Black people who created the genres. And I'm so happy that Beyonce, as a Texan, which is right below Oklahoma, is giving that gift of country music as a part of Black culture to the world. Hi, my name's Rosie and I'm from Hertfordshire in England. So I've been a fan of country music for about 15 years now. My favourite thing about it, the reason I've kind of been listening to it for so long, it's it's like the storytelling and the lyrics, but also the fact that there's kind of something for everyone. So whether you prefer more rocky stuff or acoustic stuff, there's even artists now that kind of combine country music with like a bit of R&B. So yeah, it's really not all like riding horses and drinking beer. And I think artists like Beyonce creating country music, it can only be a good thing for the genre. It's a great way to introduce more people to it and, and maybe even modernise it a bit because, you know, it's it's certainly more liberal now, but there's still this kind of semi-uncomfortable connection with like conservative America, you know, guns, homophobia, racism, all of that sort of thing. So I think anything that helps move the genre away from that image is a good thing. This is Sammy Palinkas and I'm a country artist and songwriter from Melbourne, Australia. I think it's really, really great that Beyonce is evolving herself as an artist and is doing that in the country genre. It's certainly bringing the country genre a lot of uh, great attention. I think country is one of those things that has evolved so much over time that some people don't really know that they're into it until they start listening to it. So to attract that sort of attention to the genre, especially for women in country as well, it's just such a, a great thing. My favourite thing about country music is definitely got to be the storytelling in the lyric. It's something that attracted me to the genre and it's something that I've loved uh, until the end of time. I actually started my career in the pop space and, and writing in LA, New York and Australia for many, many years. And as I grew older and I got some life experience, I guess, I actually started exploring country because I was more of a storyteller. And I've always said to people I mentor, listen to how you write songs because it will tell you who you are as an artist. It's like the glue that holds the puzzle together. Our thanks to Biafra, to Rosie and Sammy. Country music may not always hit the mainstream or top the charts, but there are fans and performers all over the world. Reports suggest a significant increase in the amount of country music being streamed outside the US. So let's meet three people involved in country music on three continents. My colleague Luke Jones spoke to Gustavo Laurino, a country music festival organiser in Argentina. Nigerian musician The Countryman and Swedish country musician Karin Eriksson. It's pretty exciting times here in Sweden because country music has really blossomed and become much broader than only 10 years ago. We have a lot of the same traditions in our folk music genres, and I think that Swedes will bring in some of that Swedish folk music tradition into their expression of country music. But I do think there are a lot of similarities more than differences. I guess that here uh, we have a, another difference, another kind of artists of country music that play country music songs in Spanish and playing in our festivals, singing in our language. We have a lot of schools of line dance that supports the country artists. And we have one festival that uh, reunites 10,000 people every year. We have a, a lot of artists playing country music, singing in Spanish. Here in Nigeria, 
country music is not exactly a big genre. I'm about the only person, the only artist who is known for country music. You know, maybe there are other people who do a couple of songs and all that, but when it comes to country as a genre, to the best of my knowledge, like I said, it's just me. Oh, it's just exciting to hear different voices about country music in different parts of the world, because usually you think about only America mm. <laughs> when you when you think about country music. So it's really exciting. I think that the what happened with the own century into country music has other antecedents. It's one style of music that has been fundamental in the history of music all over the world, and we enjoy audience of all ages brings together millions of people in large festivals mm. and is excellent vehicle for entertainment. I wonder what kind of listeners country music has. I have quite a large fan base on TikTok. I think it's uh, it's something that is well received. Although I do a lot of covers, I have uh, one or two originals too, but I think it's something that's well received and um, that they like. Although you, you, you get one or two negative comments um, here and there sometimes. Some comments like what? Some racist comments. You know, I'm a black guy, you know, so you close your eyes and you hear me sing, you you wouldn't think I'm I'm a black guy. Some of them be like, okay, um, when the slaves become the singers, you know, we're in a new century. You know, I got a comment like that before. Mm. You know, uh, I, I have comments like, haven't you guys taken enough? If we are looking at statistics, I get a lot of positive comments, a lot of love from Americans, yes. you know, from people in the US. I get a lot of love. You know, some of them don't believe that I'm the one singing sometimes. But I think that when you do stuff and it's out there for people, you know, you, you are bound to get criticized too. So I think it's part of it, you know. So some people don't like the fact that I'm a black guy and, and I'm doing country music. Yeah. But it's not really something that you should, one should be worried about. I don't know if I go over there. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a different experience, you know. But I've never been to the US. I've just been doing my thing from here, from Nigeria. Mm. And I think it's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just listening in. And, I mean, there are trolls everywhere, especially on the internet. So I'm sorry that they're making negative comments like that, but happy that others are cheering you on. And you need to come to Nashville. <laughs> uh, we you know, go back and all the forth. time. I get comments like that. I should come to yeah, Nashville. Yeah, you should, should come to Nashville. Enough. Yeah. So we go back and forth between Sweden and Nashville all the time and have been doing so for 12 years. I feel like our music is very embraced and uh, Nashville is such a welcoming community and we get connected with people to write with and it's always exciting when we get to bring in a little bit of our heritage and mix it up with their songwriting tradition. I thought it was going to be a lot of differences but the more I write the more I see the similarities in you know our folk tradition and the instrumentations and the way we jam when we, you know, when you're at a picking party in the South, in the U.S., or if you're at a folk music festival in Sweden. So I feel like our music is very well received and we have an audience all over the world. And it's always fun. I get a line dance group from South America that has, you know, made a choreography to one of our songs and it gets sent to me and I'm like, wow, you know, our song made it all the way there. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Karen Eriksson in Sweden, The Countryman in Nigeria and Gustavo Laurino in Argentina. 
I'm James Reynolds. You've been listening to The Documentary with conversations on Beyoncé and the changing face of country music from the BBC World Service. The past is shrouded in mystery. To understand it, you have to get up close. Something happened to our collective psyche after the atom bomb. On NPR's Throughline, we reopen stories from the past to find clues to the present. Find Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.